Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to another Mojo Minute. And I have to offer an apology here. Some two weeks ago, I promised we would conclude Dante's Inferno with a, quote, part two. Well, because of some programming notes and other Mojo Minutes written, we completely forgot about Dante's Inferno, part two. So shame on me. So to make good on our promise and restore your faith in us that we are not going crazy or have early signs of dementia, let's share with you the greatness that is Dante's Inferno. And let's talk about that part too. So the last time we shared the opening lines and the most memorable lines of that great masterpiece. But let's recap and set the stage very quickly. This is the beginning of Canto 1 of Dante's Inferno. Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself in a dark wilderness, for I had wandered from the straight and true. How hard a thing it is to tell about, that wilderness so savage, dense, and harsh. Even to think of it renews my fear. It is so bitter, death is hardly more. But to reveal the good that came to me, I shall relate the other things I saw. So Dante is lost in a dark wood. He's confused. He's strayed from the straight and the narrow path. And ultimately, he is threatened by three beasts. And there's significance by the three beasts and what they represent. There's tons and tons of commentary. And just to make a larger point, there's tons of commentary on Dante's divine comedy across the board. I'll put some of the... uh, some of the ones I found most fruitful and most beneficial um, into the show notes. So Dante is confronted by these three beasts, and we don't have time to explore in this short amount of time what they represent. But like I said, that is the beauty of Dante. So 700 years later, there's still theologians, there's still literature experts who write these long commentaries on each of these significant lines within Dante's comedy. So Dante is rescued by Virgil, who is his hero's guide on the first part of his journey. And Virgil represents the, uh, the pagan, uh, writer Virgil who penned the Aeneid. And, um, there's a lot of significance there and theologians and literature experts have studied that. And, uh, so he's, he's a great pagan poet and, um, many have speculated why is he here because Dante is Christian and it's in the 1300s when this is written and even more so than a Christian, he's a Catholic, uh, the Protestant revolution, uh, Protestant reformation hasn't happened yet. So why is a pagan showing up here? There's a lot of backstory to that. It's wonderful to study. 
Um, and that's why it, it's just, it's a beautiful poem. Um, I encourage you to delve into it um, even more so than we can here. And all of that happens in Canto 1. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> in every Canto, there's a lot going on, let alone every sentence Dante writes. Tons of packed information. But we open up Conte 2, and I'm just going to summarize here. Dante begins to get cold feet. He feels as if he doesn't have the courage to take this journey. And that might sound familiar with us. Um, you know, hard aspects when we have to take a, a, a long, full step in our lives. Perhaps the death of a parent or a commitment to marriage or a difficult life decision around perhaps a disease or sickness, a decision to leave a job for one reason or another, decision to move from one location to another. There's many of life life's decisions that initially come with that lack of courage, as if we don't have the will or the stomach to go through it. And to settle Dante's doubts in this case, Virgil gives Dante some of the backstory about why he, Virgil, is there. And he tells of this Beatrice who came down from heaven to beg his help, this woman. And Beatrice, there's a lot of significance there. Many believe that Dante fell in love with this woman, this girl, Beatrice, when he saw her at either 9 or 10 or 11 years old. She ultimately uh, passes away at an early age. Dante is heartbroken. And uh, he ended up marrying another woman. Some speculated whether it was arranged or not, but anyhow, that takes away from the story. Um, and there's, again, there's tons of reading and commentary about it, but as we move along, we get to Canto three and then we hear some of the most famous lines in all of literature and most certainly in all of poetry. Because remember, this is Dante. He's writing it as a poem. So let's begin in Canto 3 at line 1. I am the way into the city of woe. I am the way into eternal pain. I am the way to go among the lost. Justice caused my high architect to move. Divine omnipotence created me. The highest wisdom and the primal love. Before me there were no created things, but those that lost, but those that last forever, as do I, abandon all hope, you who enter here. I saw these words of dark and harsh intent engraved upon the archway of a gate. Teacher, I said, their sense is hard for me. And those are the words above the gate of hell in Dante's Inferno. Abandon all hope you who enter here. Unquote. The road to hell is always wide open. And Dante's words to Virgil, his guide, seem to echo in the heart of all of us. And every, and every human being, when he says teacher, their sense, meaning the words above the gate, are hard for me, unquote. But let's continue, starting at line 13. 
and heed to me as one who read my thoughts. Here you must leave distrust and doubt behind. Here you must put all cowardice to death. We have come to the place I spoke about, where you would see the souls who dwell in pain, for they have lost the good of intellect. Now, like I said, there are many good commentaries about many aspects of Dante's Divine Comedy and about these particular lines uh, that we're reading here in Canto 3. But because I'm biased towards my teacher and my, uh, my instructor, my guide, Dr. Robert Royal, most especially because I've been on this journey with him for over the better part of a year, please allow me to read from his book, Dante Alighieria, Divine Comedy and Divine Spirituality. Because for me, this has helped me a great deal in understanding the depth and the breadth that Dante is reaching for and conveying in each of these lines. In fact, this is bringing out why this is most likely the greatest Christian poem ever written and most certainly in the top five of all literature. So, and and just to remind um, you guys, no other poet, no other writer really has tried to tackle everything from hell to purgatory to paradise all together as Dante has. No other writer, no other poet has attempted, even attempted to do this in over 700 years since Dante did it. So please indulge me. Um, I'm going to read just about two or three paragraphs here from Dr. Royal's, uh, Dr. Robert Royal's book, Um, especially about courage, and it's particularly noted. Quote, Courage, we are reminded again, must be our constant companion in facing what must be faced. But understanding, too, must be constantly one. There is probably no more difficult doctrine to modern Christians than the notion of hell or eternal punishment for sin. Almost no human failing seems to warrant eternal penalties. But Dante, the poet of love, takes the view that, quote, the primal love, unquote, itself was moved to create hell along with the justice and the um, um, omnipotence and wisdom that are in God. In fact, the power, wisdom, and love mentioned here are meant to suggest that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, made hell. And what are we to make of this? Dante, much like of the Christian tradition before and after him, believes in the internal significance of what we do on earth. In this view, it was an act of divine love that gave us the freedom to love and choose the right things as persons made in the image and likeness of the Creator. Despite that fact, hell too has a divine origin and exists to accommodate wrong loves. Virgil also describes the people here as those who have have lost the good of the intellect. This may appear a cold expression, as if simply because of some wrong reasoning people are being condemned to eternal torture. But Virgil and Dante have something quite different in mind. The great love that moves through all the universe is not to be thought of as a separate as separate from truth and understanding. In fact, 
and God, all these principles are united together. We may recall here that Christ described himself as the way, the truth, and the life. Salvation must mean that not only body and spirit, but the human mind comes into the presence of God, that the whole human person reaches beatitude. And if one or more of these three departs from God definitively, it cannot exist with God except in hell. A hard saying, and Dante notes as much. But coupled with this teaching about the need for cooperation between will and understanding to achieve salvation, which is really a statement about the dignity of the human nature, we shall see later later all sorts of human and divine help that becomes available if we start to open our hearts and minds to it. Wow. Isn't that just brilliant analysis in quite deep theology? But for me and for so many more of my classmates and readers of Dr. Royal and other deeper commentaries, this is the top of the mountain for a flourishing life. This mending together of the heart and the will and the mind into one direction of a good life in the truest, fullest sense of a good life and understanding the proper role of the creature to the creator, which allows humility to deeply set in and further allows the creator then to shower grace deeply upon his creature. This grace, this love that is showered upon his creatures This is the effect of the, quote, the right loves that are opposed to the wrong loves or the disordered loves of which Dante speaks so much of in Inferno. But this is very, very good to have these explanations and these deep questions. So Dante is is just brilliant in the first three cantos. And um, I have to thank Dr. Royal again for his great analysis, but let's go back to Inferno. Let's read back over the lines we just studied. Dante, having just read the most famous line above the gates of hell, that last line, abandon all hope who abandon all hope you who enter here at line 10, he says, I saw these words of dark and harsh intent. Engraved upon the archway of a gate. Teacher, I said, their sense is hard for me. And he to me, as one who read my thoughts. Here you must leave distrust and doubt behind. Here you must put all cowardice to death. We have come to the place I spoke about, where you would see the souls who dwell in pain, for they have lost the good of the intellect. And then Virgil can see he has made his point to Dante. And so then we read, And after he had laid his hand on mine, with cheerful continence, strengthening my resolve, he led me to the secret things below. And so in today's Mojo Minute, I hope you can appreciate one of the greatest classic works in all the world, the Divine Comedy, and certainly the greatest Christian poem ever written. And it is our hope 
at the Academy that you'll dive into Dante's Divine Comedy. It's the first classic we studied here among the Mojo Academy, and we hope that you begin reading and studying it as much as we have. Like I said, it's one of those great classics that can help you so much on creating and most certainly on leading a flourishing life. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com where we have everything we discussed in this podcast as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually 69 pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.